on the on the payment to get it back up to date on everything. Listen, it sounds like you know you or somebody needs to step in right away, right away, and get a hold of that settlement agreement letter. You need to cut a deal if they haven't foreclosed on it or or started the process or whatever. Now's the best time in the world to go in and make a deal and patch things back up with the bank, okay? All right, now's the and time. All right. Uh, the, um, what was I going to say? That, that, well, the three, one of the properties might be going, let's say, what happens if it, if it goes through a foreclosure? What should I do from there? You know, then you got to try to fight the foreclosure and she ain't going to have much of a leg to stand on because all this happened before the COVID. Listen, right. whatever the case, the point is this. You're going to get a lot further Jackson. trying to play with the bank than fight with the bank. All right? Now's the time. Now's the perfect time to go in there and make a deal. There could be some kind of assistance available for her. The bank might be able to give her a sweetheart deal and refinance it if there's equity in the house. Uh, they might require you to put some money up. Whatever. You got to go in and make a deal. It's not, nothing's gonna, nothing good's gonna happen. Let him sit there if you want. I don't care. Let him sit there if you want. Anyway, the point <laughs> is we got a two-year-old here. Um, the point is, you got to get in there and make a deal. And, you know, when you have a problem, you have to fix it. All right? That's, that's, that's all there is to it. You need to get a hold of both of those banks and say, okay, you know, my aunt's elderly. I'm here to try to work with you. You know, bring her with you or get her permission. Whatever it is, get in there and find out what's the best deal the bank is willing to make her right now. All right, now do it. Don't waste oh, no time. It's a perfect Those time. Those three properties are worth for a, about three million. Holy shit! Uh, how, much <laughs> how much does she owe? How much does she owe? She owes about almost close to whatever the value is because she took money out of the house. So, is there any equity in it? How much does she owe? Does she owe three million? Mm, maybe like two and a half. Well, what you doing all the damn money? Where'd all the money go? Um, I don't know. You don't know. I wish you told me. You don't know where two million bucks went. <laughs> anyway, listen. You know, is your is your aunt? It's my grandmother. Your grandmother. All right, you gotta step in and take control. This it is what it is. Listen. You know, you go to the bank and say, listen, I, I want to hear help my grandmother. You know, she went through rough times, whatever. I don't know. But you don't even have to explain. Just say, what's the best deal you guys can make us? Let's cut to the bullshit. What's the best deal? How old is your grandmother? 68. All right. Tell them, listen, my grandmother's almost 70 years old. Yeah, I'm here to help you guys and help her. Is what, what can we do? What's the best deal you can put on the table to clean up this situation? All right? That's where you got to, excuse me, that's where you got to start. All right? The, the issue, too, is nobody's paying the rent, too. Well, who's living there? The whole family? Who's living in the houses? Oh, uh, whole families. Yeah, like three. Well, well, the one is like a 
three family, no, all three are three family ones. Listen, right now, there's plenty of assistance available for anybody to go get help with their rent. So all three of those houses, whoever they are, should be going and getting some help and pay her some rent money for living there. She needs to go cut a deal with the bank and get it because otherwise you're going to lose that half a million dollars worth of equity. All right? Right, right. You got to mm-hmm. go cut mm-hmm. a deal with the bank and everybody that's living in the damn house has to start paying rent. All right? You got to clean up the mess. It's a mess. And you got to step in and clean it up. It's worth 500 grand for you to go in there and clean up grandma's mess. Could be worse. It's a big mess. It could be worse. You could be in diapers. Then you really be cleaning up your messes. All right, get in there and yeah. clean the mess up. All right, you can do it. You're a smart guy. Get in there and get on the phone with the banks. Make a deal. Tell everybody living in the house. Are you living in one of those houses? Tell the truth. Don't lie. No, no, no. Okay. Listen, tell everybody in the house, listen, you got to pay rent. All right? If you don't pay rent, then you got to go and I got to find somebody to pay rent. You're going to lose the freaking houses. Grandma's going to lose the houses if you don't pay rent. She's got to pay the bank. The bank's going to take the house, and then she's going to, God forbid, she passes away, and we get nothing. So anyway, clean up the mess, all right? Get in there and do it. You can do it. All right? Thank you, thank you. All right, thanks. good luck yep, to you. you Take care. It. Thanks. What, also, also, Ben, let me tell you something. Where's your wife? I never see your wife, Carla. Where's I Carla? Don't know. I don't know. She's busy. She, you know, my wife's going through a rough time right now. I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, she had to take I on see. two other children in her life to take care of. And, you know, she's really a great person for doing that. She's taking on two other kids that are, you know, family kids, but, you know, it's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, She's got her hands full. She's got, this kid's going here, this kid's got to go here. You know, she's going, you know, different places, daycare, got to go to sports, whatever. But she'll be around. Hey, at least she's home every night. That's all I care about. As long as she's home every night, I'm happy. And she cooks (laughs) dinner every night, I'm good. Otherwise, thanks yeah, for asking, yeah. and uh, take care. Good Looks luck like to you. You need that dinner, Ben. I yeah. don't know what's happening with the gym. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right now, I'm so depressed, I can't even pay attention. But, uh, all right, well, good luck to you. Clean the mess up. Get Grandma straightened out and get that money. Will do, Ben. All right, good Thank luck. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Thanks. What else you got? Anything else? Yeah, Grandma's in trouble. Eight uh, years without away. paying? Crazy. Crazy. Man, you know how much money she saved on eight years of two and a half million dollars, and the rate was probably six or seven, eight years ago, or six or five. Holy macaroni. But, hey, you can always work a deal out. You know, banks will make deals with you. They don't want the houses. By the time the banks get done with it, uh, 500000 over three houses, about 150000 each house worth of equity. By the time they foreclose on her, go through all the bullshit with the brokers, try to sell a house, go through the courts, it's not working for them. It's better for the bank to make a deal, it's better for her to make a deal. What do you got? Anything? Nothing. Yeah, David G., thanks for the $5. This. You're supposed to do this? Because I'm a normal person. I'm not nuts. I'm not crazy. I'm not Jewish. I mean, I'm Jewish. Yeah, but not I'm really not. Only your mother's mind. Your mother's mind. You know. I don't need right, to do slam got? it every five seconds. Well, you know, I'm a nice yeah, person. Yeah, I'm nice to go through life being nice. It's great. Ni- you were against you in life, buddy. Come on, what do you got? 
David G, thanks for the five dollars. Oh, just went away. You see what's up with these? David G, right. I heard that name yeah. several times already. I can, I, can, I can read that one. OG. Yeah, David G, he gave us five bucks for triple net. I am worried about what happens to the building when the lease is up. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's a gamble. It's a risk on everything. That's why you want to buy something that has a big name brand. Okay, not some Joe Schmo that has a long-term lease, preferably corporate. And if it ain't corporate, make sure if it's a franchise, like a, a KFC or something, make sure the guy owns about a 100 of them. You know, go with a long, strong tenant. Go with somebody that's got a long history. Go with, you got to find the right deal. It's like any other type of real estate. You got to look at the right deal. You got to make sure it meets the right criteria of everything you're looking for. You're looking for a strong tenant. You're looking for a good brand. You're looking for a necessity type business. You're looking for a long-term lease with extensions on it. You want to see how, when was the last time the tenant put some money into place? If it is an older place. And if they're dedicated to it, you got, you know, but there's always a risk. I mean, you know, a mattress firm just told me they're going bye-bye. That was a big company. Uh, I never understood how they sold mattresses, that many mattresses. That many people out looking for mattresses, they're everywhere. You know, I mean, people do a lot of sleeping. All right, so, you know, you got to look at all the factors and make sure you pick the perfect situation where everything lines up, where you're in that safety zone. You know, when I bought that uh, Walgreens over here, they just renewed like a 15-year lease. So I said, well, at least for the next 15 years, I ain't going to worry about shit. You know, and it's a Walgreens, and there's not another one that close, so I don't think it's going dark. Well, it wouldn't go dark anyway, because even in the 15 years, if it goes dark, they're going to pay you. Anyway, you know, do your homework. Make sure you know what the hell you're buying, and make sure you, you got, you know, you're in the safety zone. What else you got? IG, thanks for the four ninety nine. What do you think on investment in New Jersey for income? I don't know. You know, every neighborhood's different. You got good, you got bad, you got A, B, C locations. You know, Jersey's, I don't know Jersey. I never really crossed the bridge that much. I went through the tunnel. You know, uh, every day, you go anywhere and make money. It's all about finding a deal, you know, and making sure the numbers make sense. You know, but you're going to find a lot of parts of New Jersey the numbers don't make sense. You know, prices are still too high. Or you can go around and just, you know, offer the shit out of something and lowball everything until you get a break. You know, the harder you try, the more you're going to find. You know, so anywhere, Jersey, Penn, I don't know. You just get out there, see what the market is, and see what's out there. Do your homework. Scooter Muley, thanks for the four ninety nine. What's up with this four ninety nine? What about a five dollar less store? Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. I just went down. All right. Anyway, Rafael, don't worry. You'll get to eat this week. You'll get Crazy a new bike. Appreciate. Jewish, thanks for the four ninety nine. If you go to the synagogue on Yom Kippur, God may stop the money bleeding. You just just give it a shot. I'll see. Me and God got our own relationship. Wait, wait. I got my own relationship with God. Where is right? where even is the nearest synagogue? Plus, I don't want to go to synagogue. Uh, I don't even know where the nearest one is. I got in trouble once because I used my, uh, you know, nobody knows what this is. I used my sitsis to blow my nose. That's a rule. That's a, that's I'll send you to hell for that one. Hey, thank God I wasn't the tallest. 
All right, what do you got? Nobody Kansas knows what I'm talking farming. about. The Thanks Jews. for the two dollars. The what? Two dollar? Kansas farming. Costs more than that to process. We have a caller. We have a caller. The next caller is gonna be a baller. Nobody there. No baller. Up. Oh, hello. Hello. Hey, hey, what's going on? How are you? How can we help you? I was calling. All right. I'm selling a property, right? You're ben, selling a property. George. This George Felsmere. George Felsmere. George. George from Felsmere. How many apartments you rented for us, George? I only rented one. You only rented one goddamn apartment? <laughs> and, and don't tell me we didn't pay your ass. Tell us. Tell How much do we pay you? You paid me $300 or something? I gave you $300 and you rented one apartment. How many vacancies? How, how, how many vacant apartments? Full. That's why. You can't rent something that's already full. Wait a second. Oh, small. I ain't got no vacancies. Well, thanks, George. I appreciate it. But you sure ain't got no empties over there? Not no regular. Well, let me tell you. If a building's full, that means you need to go buy and get some more multi-housing. And even though it looks like the boondocks, if the property's full, then, you know, you should be buying some rentals out there. So what's up, George? How I you know. doing? I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, you're good. I was going to tell and it's a hotel down here too. You can turn it into apartments, it, and it's for sale. But is that's it, later. Is a hotel? Um, do you want to turn it into apartments? No, I said it'd be good to turn it into apartments, like well, a portable apartment. It can it's be done. It can be done. You know, if it's the right hotel with the right layout and the right square footage and the right price, it can be done. Send us the information. Call my son up. Maybe I we'll will. do it with you. Okay, I think you could be our point but man I'm up selling. there. What do you got? What do you got? I'm sorry, I'm selling uh, two houses, right? But they've been in the family for like 15 years. So I, I sent letters to the tenants to say, "Hey, we're selling your property. Um, you got the chance to buy it, or we'll be selling it." And I just need to get in and take pictures. Where they were like, "We, why didn't you tell us before we pay rent on the first? We're not paying rent next month. We're going to use that as our security deposit to find something else. Yeah, but did and you I'm tell trying him, to make it. Did you Go tell ahead. him, listen, you're not moving right away. It takes time to That's sell a house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. I, didn't, I didn't. But now they don't want to pay rent. And they want to use that security deposit for next month. So how do you deal with selling a property with tenants in it? Like, evidently, they don't want you to sell it. It sounds like they can't buy the place, you know. Definitely so, can't buy it. You know, I'm going to tell you, you know, you, you know, what you want to do is just, listen, you know, communication is, is really, you know, if you can go there and communicate with them and say, listen, you know, the point is this. It, I can't sell nothing overnight. I'm going to have to give you at least 30 days notice before you have to leave, Okay. When I give you the 30 days notice, then you can worry about leaving. Right now, you ain't got to move, so pay your rent and don't worry about it. And we might not even be able to sell, tell them. 
you know, we just we want to see right. because, you know, my family needs the money or, you know, and, you know, and um, the times are rough. What are we going to do? You got to go try to communicate with people, explain to them. And then tell them, listen, if you need help paying your rent, you know, there's agencies out there that'll help them too. You know, with moving, you know, whatever, you know. Right. You, you better go try to, you know, try to make up talk with them. You better go talk to them. You're a smart guy. You know how to talk to people. And go talk to them yeah. and tell them, uh, and tell them, you know, listen, this is the situation. I'm not selling tomorrow. I I'm going to give you 30 days notice before you got to move. As soon as I know for sure that I'm selling it, like when you get a guy that goes hard on a contract, that's when you have to give notice. And make sure when you right. sell it, you tell them, listen, I can't sell until 30 days and, you know, give notice to tenants 30 days. But go over there and make a deal with them and kiss up and make up and okay. tell them, listen, you got to pay your rent. You know, pay your rent. Okay. I'm not selling right now. No, nothing's selling in this market. Tell them whatever the hell you got to tell them. Get that goddamn rent money. All right. All right. I was going to tell them, I plan on giving you a $500. If I do sell it, I don't There you go. Like tell them that. But tell them, tell them you're going to give them time okay. to move. You're going to have time to move. I'm going to give you 500 okay. bucks. Everything's going to be fine. Just please work with me here. Pay the rent. Let's, you know, and just, you know, that's it. All right. Right. All right. Good luck Got to it. you. I'll be seeing you soon. I'm going to contact you when I'm coming out that way. I'll let you All buy right, me man, lunch. All right. Take care, George. All right. Bye. All right. So what else we got? Are we done for the night? Yeah, we have, uh, we're over, over an hour, right? right. Oh, over an hour. That's enough. I'm tired. I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do tomorrow to straighten my life out. I appreciate all everybody that's been sending me information on how to invest money. I don't know that goddamn, uh, what's it called? Crypto scares me. Because I don't know where the hell money's going. What does it mean? Crypto and Bitcoin and, you know, the money's just floating around or what? I don't know. We just got to say thank you to some super chats. Some people just threw uh, oh, a throw chat. in a super chat. Let's super chat. Hey, let's have a chat. A super chat. Piranha Canals, thanks for the $10. What do you think about mobile homes on permanent foundation and land? Thanks for having part of your life on camera. Mobile homes on permanent foundations? Yep. That's a high-class mobile home, baby. Uh, I mean, you know, it depends. Is it a park? Is it sitting on land by itself? I mean, you know, everything has a value. You know, I mean, if you can rent it or if you can sell it and somebody wants to live there. You know, I've dealt with, you know, I haven't dealt with a lot with mobile homes, but manufactured housing is housing. You know, if it serves a purpose to house somebody and you collect rent, then, or somebody wants to buy it to live in, then it's got a value and you rent it out. I mean, you should be trying to rent it out cheaper because manufactured housing is a lot less value, you know, considerably than the um, stick-built housing. So, you know, it's fine. I, I mean, I used to, you know what I made a lot of money on? The manufactured housing, they used to bring them in by trucks. But they bring in 140 of them and, you know, and they all set up like fourplexes. It's called cardinal housing. I owned a lot of cardinal housing that was built back in the 80s. And it was fine. I bought it. I fixed it. I rented it. I sold it. I mean, anything is has a value if it's livable and there's somebody that wants to live in it and pay for it. So, yeah, do it. Do anything you can to make money. 
I don't care if it's a mobile home park or whatever it is, as long as it's legal and and somebody it's decent enough for somebody to live in and you can make money on it, do it. What else you got? Shaw Shaw Merritt. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Ben, you should buy the land next to Madeira Beach Marina and build a nice condo or hotel. Madeira Beach Marina, I think all that property was already bought up and a big hotel just went up. If that's what you're talking about, I don't know. I'll look into it. Madeira Beach Marina. But I think it's already been done and there's big development plans going on right now. But I did bid on all that land, but then I got outbid. I'm not a developer. I ain't putting out no big money on development. What else you got? William Burkhead, thanks for the $5. Ben, did you ever take downtime once you made a few million? <coughs> How do you avoid burnout? When is the next seminar? Thank you. I mean, you know, I, I definitely, you got to take downtime once you make your money. And, you know, you got to enjoy life. I've done plenty of vacations, traveling, you know, not as much as I want to. But let me tell you, I'm going to be free from this prison in four more years, baby. Maybe three if you graduate a year early. If you really cared about me and you really wanted me to enjoy my life and start my retirement and be free, he'll do it in about three years. Okay? We'll see. I'm happy to do it. Good. Let's happy. see you do it. So, anyway, um, what else you got? Jake, why? Thanks for the four ninety nine, Ben, I'm closing... On my first deal in two weeks. Thanks to you and your family. Thanks, guys. And what's up, Aaron? Keep doing your thing, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. What did he do? I will. What did he do? Closing his first deal in two weeks. Congratulations. I hope you make money on it. Good deal. Good deal. You should be ringing the bell. Whenever somebody closes a deal, we should have the bell to ring or get me the rubber chicken. Chucky, where's your chicken? All right, what else you got? Anything else? Anybody else? Heath Sims, thanks for the $5. Ben, you ever heard of salad? Salad? Yeah, I know all about salad. It comes right before you. you get a meal. Salad is what you enjoy on your way to the big steak, baby. I love salad, but not too much. You know, it's just to get you started, get your stomach going, because something good's getting ready to come. So you just give it that little teaser with the salad. All right? What else? Softla Ben, 10. Thanks for the $5. What do you know about collecting rents and putting in a sweep account and making interest off of it? The OG property manager was telling me about this. All right. A sweep account is, it's really in banking. It has to do with banking. You put the money in account, the bank sweeps it out. Some banker comes with a broom and a dustpan, sweeps up your money, and he goes, puts it somewhere else where he claims he's making more money because he's invested in something that's paying more money, and then he gives you a piece of that action. I believe that's the way it works. They sweep the money out, they put it in a can and somewhere where it's making more money with the other money that the bank has, and then they split the profit with you. 
so you get a little more interest than you would just sitting in their account doing nothing. That's my opinion. Verify it with a banker, but it's very common on any kind of operating accounts to have a sweep account come in and sweep up. That's what the goddamn banks do. They like to clean up, clean up your money. What else you got? Anything? IGH Properties. Thanks again for the ninety nine ninety nine. Ben. Ninety nine ninety nine. Ben, I, I outspent the doctor. Real estate investors make more money than doctors, anyways. I'm only running for Section Eight now, so if tenants don't pay, I'm still making money, baby. Well, you're a smart guy. You're doing exactly what I did. I mean, you know, that's the benefit. You rent to Section 8, and you, you work with agencies and help low-income people and, and play with the program, and it pays off because you got security. You got the government backing you up, you know, guaranteeing you they're going to uh, pay you that money. So I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I wish I was in your shoes because I'm not in those shoes. Shagadam, thanks for the $5. Hey, Ben, thanks for... For your insights, when do you think the real estate market will crash and when will be a good time to buy? You know, right now we're in uncharted waters. You know, everybody's holding on, but I'm telling you now, and everybody's got a prediction. And, and half the time, people predict the right thing. Why? Because you're either right or you're wrong. You got a 50% chance. It's like going, it's like when my wife goes to the roulette table. You know, she either plays the black or the red. Why? Because she knows she's got a 50-50 chance of winning. You know? So, um, you know, I'm predicting we don't know what the hell's going on now. The government's really pumped up the economy to keep it going. But I think it's inevitable. The banks aren't getting the money they need on their mortgages. Landlords aren't collecting rents right now. And, and you can't even blame the companies not paying them because they're not making no money. The movie theaters are suffering. The restaurants are suffering. The hotels are empty. You know, gyms are empty. And then, you know, they suffer. The landlord suffers. Everybody's suffering. Uh, I think that there's plenty of people, I'm one of them, ready to cash out. So, like I said, I'm putting properties on the market right now for mega millions Less than I thought they were worth and what I would have took before this shit started. So now's a great time to go out and look for bargains. Okay? It's always a good time to look for bargains. But now, there's a lot of scared people out there. They just don't want to tell nobody they're scared. But I would be out there lowballing stuff. Because like I said, you know, you put some money in front of somebody. These days, they're going to think twice. The stock market's going up. The stock market's going down. It's like a brand new boat. I had a wax and everything. Everything's working. The air conditioning's working. The generator's working. It'll cruise at 40 miles an hour. It's got two sleeping compartments. It's got a refrigerator. It's got a microwave. You can take a shower and use the bathroom in it. What the hell else do you want? All under 27, 8 feet. Made by formula. Come on, 30 grand. Come on down to Clearwater and let's make a deal. What else you got? Andres Estronza, thanks for the $5. I submitted an Ask Ben question. Looking for a tenant help on Force Major. I mean, Major. Force Major? Major claim. Force Majeure. Is that, somebody looked that up. Is that some friggin' French word they came up with 
fuck you, force majeure. Force majeure, from my understanding, means that it was, uh, you know, the government or somebody major came in, like a war or government or something, shut you down. I'm trying to fight that, honestly, with my tenants, saying, listen, you know, it ain't force majeure. A virus doesn't classify for that. And let's make a deal, okay? I'm making deals, all right? So... It's best to make a deal. If the tenant's trying to pull that, say, listen, it's, he ain't got no legal... My lawyers say they got no legal way to stand on it. If that was the case, there'd be a million lawsuits, billions of lawsuits. It's not fair to say that. It's best to we all buckle down together. Let's make a deal. What's fair to everybody? How much can you afford to pay? Let's put it on the back end. I've even given away some rent to some big-shot clients. They squeezed me. You know, where I had to abate some rent. You know, it depends on the situation. It depends on the type of business they're in. You know, what's fair is fair. You know, but everybody needs to be fair with each other under these circumstances right now. You know, but force majeure means they ain't paying your shit. And they're out of here. I think it means they have to leave, too. So be careful. If they're trying to stay and claim it, I don't think that works. That's just force majeure is when you have to leave the premises. So, what else you got? That's all for tonight. That's all the super That's it. All right. Good night. Good luck. And take care. Be safe. And uh, keep looking for real estate. Bye. Adios, amigo. So, I can figure out their systems. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about the information. I wanted to know their systems. How was they teaching? How did the profession break? Like, what was the type of questions the professor was asking? What was the curriculum? Like, how did they break their stuff down? And I took everything that I felt was the best from that situation, and I implemented it into my online business school. Mm-hmm. And they teach based on case studies. So I took that element, and I added that element to my business school. They have professors but I'm a strong believer in you can only take me as far as you got yourself. Right. So how are you going to teach me how to have a million-dollar business if you never had a million-dollar business? If I want to get to $100 million, how are you going to teach me how to get there if you've never been there yourself? Mentors are the GPS to success. That's how you're going to get there in a record-breaking time. They're going to talk to you and tell you what moves to make, how to get there the quickest. So... When I realized that, I said, okay, I'm going to replace the professors and I'm going to add millionaire mentors. Mm. People that's already where you want to be at in life based on the skill set. So not putting somebody in there to talk about all topics. Only talk about the topics that you're proficient at. So if you're proficient at sales and you did $40 million in sales, come here. Come sit in the seat. I need you to teach my students. You do marketing, or you, or you spend a, mil, a million dollars in a month. Oh, okay. Come sit down, teach my students how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. I like. Oh, you a leader? Okay. I mean, people you lead. Oh, two. You lead two thousand people, and they're gone, gun ho about you. All right, come on. I need you to teach my students how to do leadership. And so on and so forth. And that's how I built out the academy 
So you're learning from real life people who killing it right now. Not the, I'm going to get this information. I ain't going to tell nobody this. You know those people. I ain't going to tell nobody this. Ain't nobody going to know about this. And they keep it to themselves. And that's what keep us back because we get the information and we get told the game is to be sold, not told. Don't introduce them to the plug. When I go with Kit, Katie and Mary and them, they introducing me to every goddamn yeah. body. <laughs> so just implementing what I've learned from that and put accountability into it. Giving them their own mastermind groups where they meet once a month. They talk about their issues, personal, business, have a sounding board, giving them uh, a way to uh, have micro micro goals instead of massive goals. Because in life, you got to have micro goals so you have micro celebrations until you get to that goal. But we demotivate it until we get to that main goal because we didn't get to it yet. So we get turned off. But if you got little micro goals, you're getting celebrations and you got the morale still up until you get to the big goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that into the school also. So not only you got the accountability, but I make everybody get accountability partners. Second thing is making sure they know how to execute on their tasks. Call it the power list. This is and fire, then, bro. This is crazy. And then, <laughs> funny, man. and then you have the millionaire mentors, and then we have, we give everybody, we, we, we dedicate everybody to a, a main person so if they have questions, they can get unstuck. Because a lot of people give up because they're just stuck and they got questions and they ain't got nobody to talk to. So as soon as you get into the program, you do your orientation. Just like a college, just like this is a university. Uh, Orientation. We're going to map out how we do things. What's our core values? How we rock around here? How we support each other? So if somebody fall down at the finish line, you dusting them off and say, come on, let's go. We got this. They give you a problem you shoot them back a solution. No judge zone. And we build a community. Right. And then you have that. And then after that, you get a welcome call. We welcome you. Welcome to the family. Let me know you need anything. I'm your designated contact. We rock with you. Wow. Q&As twice a week. Whatever questions you got, we had to answer them for you. Amazing. We ain't leaving until you ready. And then I jump on and I do a set. I meet all my students. Talk to my students. We talk. Our conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to know about you. What's going on? Why did you purchase the program? All right, what's going through your mind? How can I help you? What are your challenges? And really know and understand who I'm marketing to so I can know exactly how to deliver the best product to them. And on that note, they can text my number, 786-661-1224. Text me the hashtag masterclass and just text me masterclass. Is there anything we could just like special for our listeners? Okay. Matter of fact, don't text that number. All right. <laughs> we'll, we got we'll, something. We'll, so just click the link below. Okay. It'll be in the bio um, or, or it'll be in the caption. I just want to be able to do something special for the listeners, man. Because, I mean, 
They've been studying at your feet for the last almost hour and a half. And I mean, you're really, really dropping gems. And I just want to know, you know, if, if there's something that we could do. I don't know, but click the link. You know, if there's something that we can do, it will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little link right. somewhere. Yeah, a little link somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Spec. All right. Um, okay. So how many people are in the university? 7,000. Got 7,000 people? Well, Harvard before Harvard became Harvard. Self-education is key. Which means this thing works. Oh, you for don't get sure. 7,000 people in a For program. sure it works. For sure. Dang. Guys, and what's up, Aaron? Keep doing your thing, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. What do you do? I will. What do you do? Closing his first deal in two weeks. Congratulations. I hope you make money on it. Good deal. Good deal. You should be ringing the bell. Whenever somebody closes a deal, we should have the bell to ring or get me to rub a chicken. Chucky, where's your chicken? All right. What else you got? Anything else? Anybody else? Keith Sims. Thanks for the $5. Ben, you ever heard of salad? Salad? Yeah, I know all about salad. It comes right before you. you get a meal. Salad is what you enjoy on your way to the big steak, baby. I love salad, but not too much. You know, it's just to get you started, get your stomach going, because something good's getting ready to come. So you just give it that little teaser with the salad. All right? What else? Softla Ben, 10. Thanks for the $5. What do you know about collecting rents and putting in a sweep account and making interest off of it? An OG property manager was telling me about this. All right. A sweep account is, it's really in banking. It has to do with banking. You put the money in account, the bank sweeps it out, some banker comes with a broom and a dustpan, sweeps up your money, and he goes, puts it somewhere else where he claims he's making more money because he's invested in something that's paying more money, and then he gives you a piece of that action. I believe that's the way it works. They sweep the money out, they put it in a can and somewhere where it's making more money with the other money that the bank has, and then they split the profit with you. So you get a little more interest than you would just sitting in their account doing nothing. That's my opinion. Verify it with a banker, but it's very common on any kind of operating accounts to have a sweep account come in and sweep up. That's what the goddamn banks do. They like to clean up, clean up your money. What else you got? Anything? IGH Properties. Thanks again for the $99.99. Ben. $99.99. Ben, I, I outspent the doctor. Real estate investors make more money than doctors anyways. I'm only running for Section 8 now, so if tenants don't pay, I'm still making money, baby. Well, you're a smart guy. You're doing exactly what I did. I mean, you know, that's the benefit. You rent to Section 8, and you, you work with agencies and help low-income people and, and play with the program, and it pays off because you got security. You got the government backing you up. 
you know, guaranteeing you they're gonna uh, pay you that money. So I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I wish I was in your shoes, cause I'm not in those shoes. Shagad M, thanks for the five dollars. Hey Ben, thanks for for your insights. When do you think the real estate market will crash, and when will be a good time to buy? You know, right now we're in uncharted waters. You know, everybody's holding on, but I'm telling you now, and everybody's got a prediction. And and half the time, people predict the right thing. Why? Because you're either right or you're wrong. You got a 50% chance. It's like going, it's like when my wife goes to the roulette table. You know, she either plays the black or the red. Why? Because she knows she's got a 50-50 chance of winning. You know, so, um, you know, I'm predicting we don't know what the hell's going on now. The government's really pumped up the economy to keep it going, but I think it's inevitable. The banks aren't getting the money they need on their mortgages. Landlords aren't collecting rents right now. And, and you can't even blame the companies not paying them because they're not making no money. The movie theaters are suffering. The restaurants are suffering. The hotels are empty. You know, gyms are empty, and then, you know, they suffer, the landlord suffers, everybody's suffering. Uh, I think that there's plenty of people, I'm one of them, ready to cash out. So, like I said, I'm putting properties on the market right now for mega millions less than I thought they were worth and what I would have took before this shit started. So, now's a great time to go out and look for bargains. Okay, it's always a good time to look for bargains, but now there's a lot of scared people out there. They just don't want to tell nobody they're scared. But I would be out there lowballing stuff because, like I said, you know, you put some money in front of somebody, these days they're going to think twice. The stock market's going up, the stock market's going down. It's like a brand new boat. I had a wax and everything. Everything's working. The air conditioning's working. The generator's working. It'll cruise at 40 miles an hour. It's got two sleeping compartments. It's got a refrigerator. It's got a microwave. You can take a shower and use the bathroom in it. What the hell else do you want? All under 27, 8 feet. Made by formula. Come on, 30 grand. Come on down to Clearwater and let's make a deal. What else you got? Andres. Estronza, thanks for the five dollars. I submitted an Ask Ben question. Looking for a tenant help on Force Major. I mean, Major. Force Major? Major claim. Force Major. Is that somebody looked that up? Is that some friggin' French word they came up with? Fuck you, Force Major. Force Major, from my understanding, means that it was, uh, you know, the government or somebody major came in like a war or government or something shut you down. I'm trying to fight that honestly with my tenants saying, listen, you know, it ain't force majeure. A virus doesn't classify for that. And let's make a deal. Okay? I'm making deals. All right? So it's best to make a deal. If the tenant's trying to pull that, say, listen, it's, you ain't got no legal. My lawyers say they got no legal way to stand on it. If that was the case... There'd be a million lawsuits, billions of lawsuits. It's not fair to say that. It's best that we all buckle down together. Let's make a deal. What's fair to everybody? How much can you afford to pay? Let's put it on the back end. I've even given away some rent to some big shot clients. They squeezed me, you know, where I had to abate some rent. You know, it depends. And the answer was that the 
uh, people in the military police were way more satisfied with that than people in the Air Force. This was very puzzling because almost no one got promoted in the military police and everyone got promotions in the Air Force. So why would people be more satisfied in the military police? Well, the answer is that so many people got promoted in the Air Force that getting promoted was meaningless, right? Um, so few people got promoted. The, the median condition in the military police was not getting promoted. So if you didn't get promoted in the military police, you were like, well, no one is. It's fine. If you didn't get promoted in the, mil in the Air Force, oh, man, you're devastated because everyone's getting promoted, right? And if you did get promoted, it's like, who cares? Everyone's getting promoted. So it's like, do you see that the, the, it's this totally inverted thing. You think that you're making life better by promoting everyone, but you're not. You're simply creating, you're simply altering the set of existing expectations. Um, so the, so yeah, I don't know whether you can, um, messing around with hierarchies is a very, 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 tricky business, and it's probably better just to try to avoid them when you can. Thanks. Uh, go ahead. Hi, Malcolm. Thanks for coming in. Um, my question is a little bit around, I guess, your media diet. Obviously, as someone that writes a lot about social science, you have to go through a lot of academic journals, but what I was actually really interested to see was that you had a really, I think, cogent and, and fluent conversation with Bill Simmons, often on his blog about sports and different topics. So I was wondering a little bit about your media diet outside the academic journal sphere and like how you kind of keep your mind and horizon broad across yeah. different topics. Well, I'm a huge sports fan, so there's an enormous amount of consumption of sports-related stuff. Uh, and um, particularly these days, I, I spend an enormous amount of time watching obscure European track and field meets on sort of live streams at two in the morning. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, but I think, you know, my strategy has always been, you can't, you have to very consciously differentiate yourself from where you think your professional peer group is going. Um, so the, to the extent that people are my, to the extent that people migrate to things that are accessible online, I feel I should migrate to things that are inaccessible online. So the value, or to the extent that people stop reading books and read, I feel I need to read more books. Um, so I've been what I've been trying to do is to kind of, it's why I spend a lot of time in actual physical libraries reading things in hard copy because there's a kind of a serendipity that you get when you, this is not in any way meant as a criticism, by the way, of search engines, for example, <laughs> which are incredibly useful, but they are, but they, you know, they also have limitations. They reward a certain kind of serendipity and they punish another kind of serendipity, right? And if you really wanna, if you're interested in serendipitous learning, as I am, much of what I uncover is uncovered serendipitously. You have to be a student of all of the different mechanisms of chance encounters with the unusual and the insightful. And so that means that not only do I 
spend a lot of time screwing around online on databases. But I also very, very consciously make sure that I go to physical libraries and walk through the stacks. And even something as simple as you're interested in one book, and then you go and you just look at all of the books that surround it. Right? And the connections are not always... The connections are... There's, there are connections between them, but it's a different kind of connection than they would be connected online. It's not a keyword connection, right? It's a thematic connection or it's a... So there's all these sorts of... You have to be a student of these kinds of... Um, of, the, of the different ways in which ideas cluster. Um, and so that, and I've been, I've thought a lot about that in recent years as a way of distinguishing myself from um, other journalists. Thank you. Hi, I have a quick question. In your last uh, book, Outliers, you spoke about uh, the advantages of, you know, whether it's being born in a certain year or having access to the earliest computers and stuff like that. And in this book, you have a whole new section called the disadvantages of being advantageous. Mm. I was wondering if you see a contradiction or if how do you reconcile the two? Yeah. Well, I have several answers to that question. Um, uh, so there's clearly a difference between... The notion that I play with in this book is called desirable difficulty. And desirable difficulty is a class of... Uh, of difficulties that have paradoxical outcomes that force you to do things that end up being advantageous. So um, there's, a whole, there's a whole school of, uh, of research around these people at UCLA called the Bjorks who try and uncover specific examples of desirable difficulties. A good one would be, for example, a simple one would be um, studying strategies uh, that, to the extent that you can make your studying process more difficult, you will retain more information. So the Bjorks have these beautiful data that says if you're learning um, something very complex, um, the best thing to do is to learn it in small chunks. So say I have three tasks that require mastery. I have two choices. I can master the first, master the second, and master the third, or I can break up all the learning into 10-minute chunks and do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. They say do the latter, even though it's harder, even though you have to start over. So y'all are independent. But he controlled everything. So we're not independent. He's independent. <laughs> Oh, man. It's the difference. Did he sign other people to his label? We signed a couple people, but it never took off because, like I said, the infrastructure and understanding certain things to have a successful business, he only could take it so far without the right talent. He was running it like, like street hustle. He had, he put people in place but that wasn't their expertise. Imagine going to hire somebody that all they do all day is marketing and you put them on payroll. 
imagine hiring somebody that builds companies for a living and you have them as your CEO or O. Like, he didn't have any of that. He had Pookie, literally Pookie, right? <laughs> what was his Pookie. name was Pookie. No, it's real, like, that was his nickname, Pookie. <laughs> you had Pookie. You had freaking, like, you had the road manager. You had him, and you had my brother trying to run the whole label. There's mm. no way. And then I started on the social media stuff because I felt like it was lacking, right? So you, oh, hold on. So you... You were doing the social media for Pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky. Yeah. Cause it was lacking. And yeah. um, and this is like Twitter, Facebook days. Yeah, I MySpace days. I, I made us number one on MySpace. At the time they had like a hundred million users. I was the number one profile. Pretty Ricky was the number one profile. Oh wow. Yeah. Dang. All right. So you when you feel the decline, what's going through what's going on through your head? When you're like, yo, this music stuff, it's not. Nah, one day he told us we was broke. We was like, we ain't had no money. It's like, that's it. We got to figure out what we doing. Hey, bro, he's just one day, yo, we ain't got no money, y'all. And I know you're thinking, hold on, we sold how many records? We doing shows all the time. $50,000 shows, just handing them 100% of the money. So, are you questioning how? How did we go broke, Dad? He, he's not a dad you question. It's not one of those ball games. You know, it's not one of those like, yo, what you do? <laughs> <laughs> go get Jazzy Jeff. For <laughs> 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 those issues. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like, he just, he's just like, yo. Is it like we ain't really ain't nothing? And what's going on through your head? What are you feeling in your heart right now? I never like really cared about money, so to me it wasn't nothing. It was when he kicked me out though. He kicked me out of the house. We had a a, a debate about something, right? And we, With music, it was about somebody in the music industry, right? Are you, are you allowed to talk about it? I don't really want to talk about it, right. but it was somebody in the music industry. We was doing, like, it was like we was working on, like, a, a huge record that we felt was huge, and it was another artist, but he wasn't really rocking with the artist, got mad, like, got upset, like, just kicked me out the house. I have no money, no clothes. I have nothing. It was me, uh, Jamie, and my son. Wow. Yep. How long ago was that? That was, uh, I don't know. I don't know when that was. I think, what, 2012 or something like that? Wow. So you rock with Jamie for a minute. Shout out to Jamie. Yeah. I like Jamie. <laughs> she's yeah. like a, she just, she's so sweet, but she's a powerhouse. At the same time, you can tell she has a heart for people, man. So mm-hmm. shouts out to Jamie. That's amazing. So he kick, so y'all was in the house, and he kicks y'all out the house. Out. I ain't had no wheels, no money, With his no grand clothes. Child. Yep, out. And was that the end of the relationship? It went sour after that. You know, it went sour. Mm. 
because it was just like for real. He 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 offered me to come back, but at that point I was like, nah. And what were you? What were your plans? So Jamie' mom told me I could come stay with her, stay out of house for six months, mm-hmm. and um, I went there, and that's the time I got that call from Maddie J, right when I got kicked out. Really? Mm-hmm. So Maddie calls you and says, yo, you can make money on Twitter. Let's make this money. Mm-hmm. He was getting a referral fee. That's when they was giving out the iPads and all that. Mm-hmm. But it was a blessing, you know, because I wouldn't been doing what I was, what I'm doing right now in terms of monetization because I was already, you know, kind of dipping and dabbing in it. But mm-hmm. when he told me that, I was like, oh, what's this? And then I was, that was game over. Mm. At, at that point, I was like, oh, I got to go hard. Not only I ain't got no money, moms moms let me live for free in a little room Jamie grew up in. Dang. I went in a little den on a little computer, and they had to beg me to come to sleep. Like, I was sleeping probably three, four hours a Working. day, if, if that. You know what's so cool, too? Because you have the... I mean, you have, like, the habit of work ethic. So whether mm-hmm. it's the music, practicing every single day, mm-hmm. if you don't have that to work towards, whatever you, else you put your hands on, you're going to, like, give it that same intensity. And and it was kind of a blessing that I didn't have to worry about money with him. He handled all the money. So my mind was always on focus on the craft. growth and the craft and everything I needed to do to perfect. So once I kind of perfected it, I knew the money was going to come and I didn't have to worry about it because he was handling it. So it kind of put me in a position where for you guys got like into a relationship relationship or was it the relationship first and then you guys teamed up together? So it was the relationship first and um, you know, part of what brings us together Um, are our commonalities. So we both have an interest and a background in Asia, and that's the region that we were working. So we were in different offices, but the same region. And so we both had, um, so I was, uh, I lived in Japan from the ages of two to six. And I spoke Japanese when we lived there, and then we moved back to the States after that. So I had this, you know, my like, my like pivotal my growing years were in japan so i had this yeah so i had this really strong what were you doing in japan my parents my my dad's venezuelan so my mom met my dad in fort lauderdale moved with him to venezuela i was born there and they converted to buddhism a buddhism that the sect is um it's the nichiren Nichiren Shoshu Buddhism from Japan. So they had friends who had already gone to like explore this Buddhism more in Japan. And my parents were trying to figure out how to get there. My dad found a school that did, um, had a master's in architectural photography. So he enrolled in the school. He like learned Japanese, enrolled in architectural photography school. And they just took us. Well, I was just me at the time. So, yeah, my, my mom, I'm two, and my mom goes h- halfway across the world. And 
they they like adventure. That's my super parents. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you learned English and Japanese. I mean, you were obviously old enough yes. to already know English, but you learned Japanese at a very young age. Yes. Yeah, so Japanese, Spanish, and English were my first three languages, which was interesting when I moved back because I moved to St. Petersburg and um, I my second grade teacher... <laughs> tried to hold me in my first grade my first grade teacher tried to hold me back because she said that knowing so many languages made me slow <laughs> which you know that's it was 1986 